HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. This week on Meet and Three, we dedicate our stories to elders, grandparents, and family members who came before us. Some people called on the phone. What time is your appointment? Mine's 2.45. Our friend, the dentist, he, he was 3.30. And it was like a social event. It's a small island. A lot of them I knew when I was a kid. So it was, you know, to really help them feel like they, they weren't alone. It's partly this communal nature of food and so it can operate as a bridge um, not just between neighbors and friends but also between the living and the dead listen to meet in three wherever you get your podcasts this episode of agave road trip is brought to you in part by diageo bar academy the world has changed I don't have to tell you this, especially if you work in a bar. And while many of those changes have made your life more difficult, one change could possibly be an opportunity. In most places now, you can serve cocktails to go. It's both a way to repair some of your damaged income stream and also a way to stay connected with your guests, who I know in so many cases are also your friends. But how do you build a cocktail to go program? What do you offer? How much do you charge? How do you receive orders? For answers to these questions and so many more, check out DiageoBarAcademy.com. Among those hundreds of professional development offerings, you'll find Tap Into Takeaway, 10 Tips for a Thriving Takeaway Service. You'll learn from Ian McPherson of Panda and Sons in Edinburgh and Lucas Lopez Davalos of Dava Mercado in Buenos Aires. You'll learn from them the keys to developing a successful to-go cocktail program. Check out DiageoBarAcademy.com for this and for more. Stay informed, stay inspired, and stay connected. You'll grow your career, you'll grow your business. Visit DiageoBarAcademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O BarAcademy.com. Visit today. It's completely free, and you'll be amazed at all they have to offer. That's D-I-A-G-E-O BarAcademy.com. Log on now at DiageoBarAcademy.com to raise the bar and enhance your career. Just Egg is better for you. 
and it's better for the planet. How? Well, they've just sold the plant-based equivalent of 100 million eggs. That's 100 million eggs that use 98% less water and 86% less land than eggs that come from animals. So if you do the math, that's 3.6 billion, that's billion with a B as in bonus, 3.6 billion gallons of water saved. In terms of impact on the environment, it's as if you took 3,000 cars off the road for an entire year. So that's how it's better for the planet. Better for you? Well, that's the equivalent of 33,333,333 omelets that Chef Jose Andres would call mind-blowing. Heritage Radio Network is proud to partner with Just Egg. And if you run a restaurant and want to get in on all this good stuff, go to ju.st slash hrn. That's ju.st slash hrn. And you'll get a free sample of the fastest growing egg brand on the market that's going to bring more plant-hungry consumers through your door. I am Lou Bang. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. Welcome to part one of our three-part mini-series focusing on the gnomes, which is not garden gnomes. Gar- I don't know. Oh, gnomes. That's the, the little people that they put the little people, on, yeah, it's okay, on gardens yeah. to... Right, exactly, to scare away. I got a road trip, more dad jokes than any other podcast per minute. (laughs) Thanks, Lou. (laughs) You're welcome. So, so three part, uh, this is a three part mini series that focuses on the gnomes because there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the world of gnomes in Mexico. The gnomes, what are the gnomes? Well, if you're a gringo bartender, you pick up any tequila bottle, you turn it over, and you're going to see on the back N O M, gnome, followed by some numbers and sometimes some letters. What does that mean, Chava? That if you happen to have access to the internet and you go to Tequila Matchmaker, you put that number and it's going to tell you where it was made and which processes they used to make this tequila. So it's basically a fingerprint of production of each one of the brands that you consume. And it'll tell you what else was made at that same distillery. Yes, absolutely. And even sometimes by brand, they will tell you which were the little little things that they changed to make this specific expression. So, so it's different than the other guys that were made at the same place. Yeah. So if you're consuming like Puff Study or Kardashian's tequila, and you're not <laughs> sure if you're getting a quality product, because God knows, uh, you go in there and you get to see if you have a quality product in your hands. Okay. So then I pick up a bottle of Mezcal. I turn it over and I see the same thing. N-O-M, followed by a bunch of numbers, sometimes letters. So it means the same thing? It tells me uh, who made it? No, unfortunately, it gets more complicated. Uh, you know, the, the tequila kits are very well put together. I think this is the reason. And I don't know. I don't want to speculate other reasons. But in Mezcal, that just refers to the bottler. That doesn't refer to the guys that are making this. And if you try to to, to research that number, you're not going to get a lot of very interesting information. Hmm. But so the, if I'm buying a bottle of certified mezcal and it's been bottled at, let's say, Carlos's place, right? The guy mm. who, uh, who makes the mezcal and bottles for Cruz de Fuego. I know that he also um, bottles any, any bottles for uh, and 
makes the booze. Oh, this is a good example for Diaz Brothers Agave, right? But then he also bottles some stuff by our friend Fortunado Hernandez. Yeah. And so I'll find Carlos's gnome on the back of that Diaz Brothers bottle, even if the booze was made by Fortunato. But in that case, the, the booze that was made by Fortunato is still made in a certified palenque using yeah. a certified process, right? Yeah, but you're not, if you try to research this gnome, most likely you will never find the name of Fortunato. You will never find the type of steel he was using, the type of fermentation he was using. Not a lot of information of the producer. It's only if Rob Diaz wants to give it to us is it going to be on the label. He might not want you to know his producer and he can keep that information for himself. Okay. So then I pick up a bottle of Bacanora, right? The agave spirit, the certified agave spirit that it is own, that it is its own denomination of origin uh, that's made up in Sonora. Yeah. I pick up this bottle and I turn it over and I see another gnome, gnome one, six, eight. So is that the same thing as mezcal or is it the same thing as tequila? <laughs> how, how can this be so freaking confusing? Uh, I don't know how code can change so much. No, it's not. Uh, what happens is this refers to the specific set of rules that establish what can be called bacanora. Okay. So there are specific rules that tell you what Bacanora is. And we know there are specific rules that tell you what Mezcal is. Yeah. So there's a gnome for Mezcal. There's a gnome for tequila. There's a gnome for Bacanora. If I look on the bottle of Bacanora, it tells me that that is gnome 168. (laughs) If I look at a bottle of Mezcal, even though I know that the gnome that defines Mezcal is 070, that's not on the bottle, right? Yeah. Okay. But, but it's not like booze is the only thing that has these gnomes, right? So what is it? What does this mean? What does the gnome in this particular sense mean? Uh, I, I, this gets very interesting. And if I get too much into the wits, please stop me. And I know you will. But it's not only practical. So say we were talking electronics or say we were talking cars. A lot of the normativities, they are there to ensure that those products are not going to kill you. It's health and, health and safety regulations. Exactly. That if you crash, you have a certain like percentage of chances of surviving the crash. And, uh, and if a certain car passes that, it's allowed to go into the market, right? As easy right. as that. The thing here, when you start talking about heritage products that ha- are connected to geographic indications or dem- denomination of origins, is these rules are not only trying to tell the public or the or the buyers or the world that they're safe, but also that they are unique. Okay, so for instance, there is a gnome, is it 142 that defines what alcohol is in Mexico? Well, not what it is, but that it that it's not gonna that it's most likely not gonna kill you if you don't drink a, a bunch of it. Right, right. So it has to conform all alcohol that is made in Mexico has to conform to Gnome 142, which defines what esters are how much ester is allowed. How much and, methanol, just yeah. super basic stuff. Right. And so then you you get uh, Gnome 006, which defines what tequila is, and it says, okay, not only does this conform to 142, but also it has to be made from blue Weber agave and no other agave, right? Yeah. And and that and that's what I was saying about it's unique. It has specific characteristics that make it a big deal. Okay. So, and, and I promise this will get interesting. But <laughs> and, so the reason we wanted to do this, this mini series is because there's some, there's an earthquake going on right now around Gnome 199. So 142 defines alcohol in general, safety and uh, health regulations for alcohol in Mexico, right? Yeah. 070 
defines what mezcal is. 006 defines what tequila is. One, what was it? 168 defines what bacanora is. What does 199 define, Java? Uh, it's, it's like your line of defense to name or specify characteristics that certain things that ha- don't have a geographic indication or denomination of origin can be called. So there's a bunch of examples of this, and we're going to go really into detail about this in our third episode, but it's just the most basic set of rules to be able to use certain names for alcohol in Mexico. That, okay, that, so, that's in a nutshell. So like it's, and, and you can go to the web, to our website, agaveroadtrip.com. We're going to have a link to a spreadsheet that I created that, um, that has all of the different gnomes uh, that relate to Mexican spirits and some of the spirits imported into Mexico. Um, that, that puts them side by side to explain how they are defined uh, by their individual gnomes. But, you know, if you look at 199, even though Chiranda, right, which is an aguardiente, it's made from sugarcane that is made in a very specific region in Michoacan, mm-hmm. even though it has to conform to 142, there is no gnome specific to Chiranda. And 199 explains, okay, this is also what makes not just not just makes Sharonda safe, but also makes it unique. Yeah. And so I think something really important. And, Comite- and Cometeco is covered by it. A lot of different alcohols in Mexico Pulque, are covered by that. Wine, brandy. Aguardiente. I think something that is very important for people to understand is this is not like the American constitution. You're not trying to think of what the founding fathers thought when they created these noms. These noms oh. are very recent. They oh, I, are, yeah. But actually, I think I think you act in this particular case. We are right. So we, the whole point, the whole point. I shouldn't say that. The centerpiece of these three episodes is an interview that we had with El, what is it, Alberto that, that, Esteban Morales, the founding Morales. father. Yeah, the founding yeah, father yeah, of yeah. one ninety nine. Yeah. So okay, so Alberto um, was for six years during which which administration was this last administration? So oh, I didn't. Peña Nieto, oof, those were yeah, hard Peña years. Yeah, so, those okay, were so, terrible years. <laughs> so, uh, so Alberto, under Peña Nieto, um, was the director general for all gnomes in Mexico. And he wrote 199, specifically, he said, to try to put definitions to all of these spirits that didn't have definitions. That didn't have a name and therefore struggling in the market. And something that was amazing on interviewing him is that if there's a guy that understands code and normativities in the <laughs> broader spectrum, because he worked with electronics, buildings, everything you can think of, this guy was in charge of it. And we tried to pick his brain a lot. It was an amazing interview. And we asked him, and I think this, this is a great way to finish this and wrap it up. It's how will have you done the whole regulation of Mezcal? If you had a blank sheet to start with. So let's listen to him, no? My perception is that if we were to remove all the present regulations, the way I would have done it if I were to start from scratch is that the generic name for all the Gavis spirits will have been Mezcal. And then, by geographic zones, you'll have from Tequila, it's Mezcal. From Oaxaca, it's Mezcal. From Puebla, it's Mezcal. And all the way down to municipalities. That is the way wine works. Wine, regardless if it was made in New Zealand, U.S., Mexico, or Spain, wine is always a great ferment. And then, if you want to get more specific, you start naming regions. The Spaniard wine has a denomination of origin for La Rioja, because it has special characteristics. You start with a generic product, and then you start making it more and more specific, getting closer to the characteristics that make this product special. 
That, you know, I got to say, Chava, that sounds like the world I want to live in. That you can make, right? Like It's like whiskey. You can make whiskey anywhere. Wine, you can make wine anywhere. But then you've got these special, like there's this thing called scotch. It's a very special kind of whiskey that you make in a very special way in a very special region. It's like tacos. It's like our episode about tacos. Everybody can make tacos, but if you make great tacos, then people are going to come to you. People are going to know you're special. And then if there was a normativity that was allowed you to be the ultimate taco maker with this special recipe, then you will make the people, you know, notice you because you're very special. That's how this works, right? Oh, well, right. that this how, well, it should how it should how it should uh, work. It's the world. It's the world you and I want to live in, but we don't live in. And yeah. so, as a result, we've got these gnomes that define. Well, actually, even if it was the world we live in, in theory, you'd still have these gnomes in Mexico to define all these other municipalities, right? To define what an Ixcateco is, what a Minero is, right? Which would be great. And then this word that used to, you used to be able to say that uh, all tequila is mezcal, but not all mezcal is tequila because tequila was a kind of mezcal and now it's not. And it gets so, this is so confusing for the consumer. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it doesn't make any sense that it's difficult because it's not only confusing for the consumer, but it's also very confusing for the producer. And that's why mezcal to this day, it's only 1% of what tequila is. I think this is one of the main reasons so I think we're, we, we, let's wrap this up because I think we've, I, I, I believe that for the first time in our lives, we've made a good job about defining something. And <laughs> <laughs> so I congratulate you, Lou. It was fast. It was painless. It was slightly not boring. Uh, and I think we have more to talk about noms in the next two episodes. I'll catch you in episode number two, Chava. Adios. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.